Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Sometimes we need to find our way home. Have you found that? There are moments when we need the anchor. We need to be rooted. We've lost our way. I'm going to explore that with you a little bit today. Welcome to our new listeners. Thank you for your emails. Once again, the website is jangoldstein.com. There you'll find my novels and nonfiction books and our podcast. Thank you for sharing this podcast with others who you care about. Because every week we get on here and explore in about 15 minutes just one new way of reframing the way we look at life. And I enjoy embracing every step of the way with you. You know, I've spoken about it, referred to it, but recently in seeing the response to the Queen dying in the UK, it brought it home that uh, with all that was going on there and is going on there and people's reactions around the world, that it is ultimately a family story and reminds me because the way we connect to different events around our lives is through our own stories, through our own way of looking at our our story in life. And I watched my mother at the end of her life, a very creative woman. I watched my mother fade into dementia. My sister was the one who gave up her job for a year to spend that living with my mother. My brother, Michael, was very, very involved uh, and lived in the same town as her, the same New England town. My brother, Mark, and I live on the West Coast, lived at that time. My brother's since passed. And I've spoken about Mark here. But my experiences with Ethel, my sister, and my brother Michael at the time, and Mark when he would come in to visit and when I would come in to visit, was very much tied to a loss while we were all living because my mother uh, developed uh, uh, symptoms of Alzheimer's uh, and moved through dementia uh, at the end of her life. And here she was, this remarkable, remarkable artist, poet. Um, and as she was fading into dementia, I discovered a connection to her art and her poetry that I would later develop into my second novel, The Prince of Nantucket. Um, I was fortunate to have a remarkable connection with my mother, and I'd say that about each of her children. We were very fortunate 
And as difficult as this was on Mark and I on the coast, how much the more so was it difficult for my brother and sister who were still in New England and, and dealing with her needs on a daily basis, and especially my sister at the time when she was living with her. Um, and I will always be grateful to them. But at the end of her life, I had found that I could be sitting next to her bed and she would look up at me and say, my son Jan is is coming to visit me. Um, Have you seen him? Any of you who've ever experienced that kind of moment with a loved one knows how it just shoots to the core of your being. That someone you love, that someone who raised you, does not recognize you at that moment. But while that connection or that recognition may have been lost, I found out something else. I began quoting her her poetry to her. In fact, reading her a poem of hers, just as a, a way of being with her. And there was a moment when I guess I looked wrong, I looked at the wrong line, And I misquoted the poem. And she looked up and she corrected me. And it startled me. Wait a minute. She you can't remember my name, your son's name, but you remember poetry you wrote maybe decades ago? And I began to do a little experiment and purposely making mistakes and finding that she would remember, she would correct me. I took that interesting finding to UCLA and spoke in their research department uh, on uh, that was dealing with Alzheimer's and dementia, and I asked them, is it possible that our creative core is the last to go when we slip away in Alzheimer's or dementia for those who have to suffer through that and those, their loved ones who have to suffer with it as well, is is it possible that while we lose certain things, we keep the connection to our art, to our creativity, to something we have forged with our own inspiration, that that is the last part to go? And I remember a doctor saying, this is exactly what we're finding. And I was stunned and startled. And sometime later, after my mom's passing, I began to get the rumblings inside of myself, as often happens when you wish to express yourself creatively. And and the only way to make sense of what you've experienced is to do it that way, whether it's creating a, a, a painting or a dance or a play or a poem or whatever it might be that you choose to do, a sculpture, whatever it might be that you do creatively. Maybe it's a project. For me, it was writing a book, and I began to come up and flip. I said, what if I flip this story to a what if, because that's often how a, a story or a plot begins for me. What if the brother and sister don't get along the way my sister and I got along? What if we were on opposite tracks. 
What if the son didn't have a good relationship with his mother and he blamed his mom for a tragedy from years ago and the loss of his father? And what if this self-absorbed son is running for the U.S. Senate from California and it is only then that he is called off the campaign trail by a sister who threatens to go to the press to expose what kind of family values he really has because she needs some time off. She's been working so hard with their mother who is disappearing. And she tells him he must come back to their childhood home on Nantucket where their mother, who is not a poet in this case, is a world-renowned artist, is disappearing with Alzheimer's and that she needs a two-week break, and you're going to just have to take two weeks off, she says to her brother, and come back here and deal with mom. I need a break. And blackmailed in this way, not needing the bad press, he lets his ex-wife know that he'll be leaving town, and she insists that he take their daughter, their 13-year-old daughter, who also blames him for the death of her parents' marriage and sees her father as the bad guy here. And she says, it'll do you good to have some time with her. And I need a little break because she's discovered love again. And so it is that Teddy Matheson, this senatorial candidate, this charismatic character, is, comes back to Nantucket to deal with his mom, his estranged daughter in tow. And it will be on that island that he will, through his mother, through his daughter, and through a new woman he will meet who he tries to sweep off her feet. And she responds, does that line work in California? It's not going to cut it here. That these three women really help shape and question help him question himself and who he has become. And I wrote this book, and in it, during this two-week period he has of his mother's desperate illness, there is a truth that is revealed and uncovered, and Teddy realizes he now has a narrow window to get to know the mother who had truly been the parent who had stood up for him, that everything he had blamed her for was wrong. And now he has this two-week period to really get to know her and i ask you what happens when you base your life on a lie that's really a question at the basis of this novel what happens if you you base have you ever found out that something you truly believed in was was false and it it shakes you to your core it shakes you it uh shakes off the anchor in your life Who are we if we don't confront the truth of our lives and those who've shaped it? If we don't face who we've become and be willing to rebuild ourselves into who we were meant to be? And that's really the questions of this novel. So I take this Teddy Matheson, the successful Los Angeles lawyer whose charm and formidable political skills have made him the leading candidate in the race to become the new U.S. Senator from California. But behind that golden public persona lies these darker truths. As I've explained, it's his teenage daughter Zoe's barely spoken to him since his divorce from her mother. 
He's long been bitterly estranged from his own mother, Kate Langley Matheson, the world-renowned painter. So it's that moment when his sister tells him, you better get back here and know your mother before Alzheimer's steals her mind completely. And even though he balks, even his campaign manager, Judith Mackey, sees the perfect opportunity for a mother-son photo op that will jack up his weak family values poll numbers. And he agrees to that trip. But as I say, as he struggles with his mother's illness and his daughter's struggles with him, he learns some stunning truths about this dad he once idolized and the shocking extent of his daughter's pain. It's only when he meets the local waitress photographer, Liza Swain, who challenges everything he thought about relationships that he unexpectedly finds himself facing the decision of a lifetime. It is the story of a man who is primed to go far in life, but first must find his way home. That's true of each of us. Before we can ultimately face the truth and rebuild who we are, who we are meant to be, we must find ourselves, find our way home which is what I found meeting with my mother as she was disappearing. I found my way to the truth of her, and I created a story, a novel, about someone who was not as fortunate as I to have that relationship with his mother, and not everyone is, and challenged him to find his way home. Now, the Prince of Nantucket became to my great, Humble Pride, uh, an L.A. Times bestseller. Publishers Weekly said uh, that Goldstein unabashedly effectively yanks readers' heartstrings. Kirkus Reviews said Goldstein delivers. And um, I was just so touched that Jacqueline Machard, the best-selling author of The Deep End of the Ocean, said it recalled another Massachusetts dynasty, a clan of wild boys with political dreams and personal demons. And then uh, it was a wise and wry account of what has changed beneath the face of American governance and what never will. And my favorite from Mimi Beeman, who owns Mitchell's Book Corner, main bookstore in Nantucket, a BookSense independent bookstore. She called it addictive, better than chocolate, destined to be one of our bestsellers. Well, that all feels great and it's fun to revisit that, but I share it with you to ask you these very basic questions. And it comes out because I'm questioning in this moment of what's going on in the world, how we deal with loss. And it's been a theme of the last couple episodes. And this is an excerpt, a small excerpt from when Teddy in the Prince of Nantucket learns that the new woman he's met has suffered loss as he is a facing right now. And he says to her, how, how did you deal with all of it? He asks quietly. They both noticed the tenderness in his voice. Liza glanced over at him with a strong, determined grin. You cry a lot. There are unbearable pools of sadness. You get angry. You shut down. I didn't want anything to do with anyone. I practically starved myself for a while. Eventually, you find 
You don't much like yourself like that, she explained, taking a deep breath. When you get there, you have a choice. She paused. Let it take you down or allow the hurt to become a part of you. She nodded, remembering it. Seems to me you'd always be in pain that way, Teddy said, his eyes searching hers. No, she said, shaking her head firmly. No, the pain turns into memory, and you honor that memory by living, I think. She nodded, tears forming in her eyes, by creating, because that's you. It's who you are. Teddy recalled words his mother had once shared with him. You have to become what you were born to be. You have to become what you were born to be. Each and every one of us, like Teddy Matheson and the Prince of Nantucket, is primed to go far in life, no matter where we are in life. There is more to do, more to accomplish, more to be. But first, like him, we must find our way home. Here's to finding your way home in the coming week. And here's to recognizing others and their creativity. I hope you'll check out The Prince of Nantucket. And until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein. And this is All That Matters.